Hi, I'm Pastor Steve. Hi, and I'm Pastor Mamie. And we're pastors at Community Life Church here in Butler, Pennsylvania, the pearl of the world. I've been saying that for decades, the pearl of the world. Uh, we've been 10 weeks since we've had a Sunday service here at our church building, and it's going to be really great June 7th to, to see all of you guys. I'm and, looking uh, forward to it. I'm excited. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited. Church at Home has been a good stopgap for us, but it really should never take the place of whatever we can to meet together, to gather together. We're just so looking forward uh, to seeing everybody again. And having this place filled with yeah. the praises on key or off key it's a heart issue praise God uh, I just want to uh, remind you of the scripture that uh, says that we're not to be forsaking the assembling uh, together uh, this is important for us because as we come together as people of a like faith uh, the presence of God manifests in a greater way and then we are able to enjoy the presence of God and he's able to minister to us in, in deeper ways. Yes. It's also absolutely uh, important for us to have that human to human contact. It's in, it's extremely important. As my friend uh, Glenn Miller says, uh, he's quoting scripture. He says it's good. It's iron sharpening iron. Yes, and you can that. do that right when we're together. Uh, I want to get to this message, and today's message is called uh, uh, Watch and Pray. Uh, through these 10 weeks that we've gone through this uh, COVID-19 saga, I'm telling you that there is a lot of people, many, many Christians are, are praying uh, that there's a spiritual awakening happening in the country, in the United States of America, and in the churches. And the truth is, if there's going to be a spiritual awakening happening in the nations, it has to first start in the church. And again, today's title is Watch and Pray. And last week, the President of the United States came on and declared that churches were essential. We yeah. do that all along. <laughs> but they're essential. And I love the quote. He says, our nation needs more prayer, yeah. not less prayer. Yeah. I really I was thinking about this. The first National Day of Prayer, I looked this up, was actually called by Abraham Lincoln. Hmm. And this is just a quote of something he said about prayer. He said, I've been driven many times upon my knees by the overwhelming conviction that I had nowhere else to go. And so sometimes, you know, desperation can be a really right. good thing. It can drive us to our knees. It can ask us to examine ourselves and to call out to God, call out to Him in mercy and to pray and repent and ask Him to heal our land, yes. heal our hearts. And I wanted to mention, too, ladies, you know, we are praying May 31st, Sunday, from 8 to 9. If you can join me, I would really love to see you here. We're going to pray for one hour. We're going to be praying this very thing for our nation, for our families, because America uh, is in trouble. Yes. And we are living in unsettling times, and we've had these prayer meetings during uh, uh, during this whole COVID-19 situation. We have been having ongoing small prayer meetings, and we have found that continually the Holy Spirit has been leading us to just call out to Him, God, we need an awakening in, our, in the church. We need an awakening in our families. We need to recognize the day and time that we live in. Help us to 
to understand who we really are in you, our true identity, and, and grasp your will, yes. and what you're doing in the earth, and really what's on the horizon of time as we see these things happening in the earth. We want to recognize uh, the signs of the times. And I think the Bible uh, is a prophetic book. Yes. These words foretell the future. And Jesus wants his people to be aware of the future and to be knowledgeable of the future. And, and I think that how Jesus got irritated uh, with the Sadducees and the Pharisees, those were the religious people of the day. They thought they knew so much of what was going on, but in reality, they couldn't recognize the day and time that they were living in. Mm -hmm. And right. what was happening right before their eyes, Jesus said to them, like, you know, y'all are good at looking at the weather and recognizing how to predict the weather, but you are not good at recognizing the signs of the times. And here he was right in front of them, and he kept warning them, the judgment is coming, and right. you all are going to die in your sin, and I came to, to offer salvation to you, and you're not listening at all to what I'm saying. You're thinking that life is just going to carry on forever the way it is. And uh, that just wasn't the case. You know, it's really important to the heart of Jesus that we are aware of the signs of the times. Because just like... <laughs> Most people, we want it to go back to normal, and we want it to be like normal the rest of our lives. But Scripture, like Pastor Mamie says, the, the Bible is prophetic, and the Scripture clearly reveals to us that there's going to be more difficult days ahead. Uh, they are on the horizon. They are approaching, we are approaching the end of the age, and Jesus' return. Uh, Jesus warns us over and over that he wants our hearts prepared. He wants them to be able to discern the signs of the time. He wants us to see spiritually what's coming upon the earth so that we're not caught unaware, uh, so that we're not caught up in fear. Uh, that's why we have been praying for God to revive the church, to awaken the church, have the blinders come off our eyes so that we see what God is doing in the earth. Because the Bible declares what is going to happen. So it's important for us, Jesus really said it was important for us to know what is in the future. It was so important that if you look and study the Bible, you're going to find 150 chapters that the main subject is the end of the age. 150. There's 31 chapters in the New Testament that deal specifically for the end of the age. And this is really important because throughout all this history, the Holy Spirit has preserved it and He has brought it to us and He's bringing it to our attention. This is why we, if you come to this church, you know how much we want you to read the Word of God so that you're not unaware of what's happening. We don't want you to be ignorant, just like Jesus didn't want people to be ignorant. Now, I want you to take a look at this Matthew scripture. Matthew's found in the New Testament. And Matthew chapter 24, Jesus is, it was so prevalent that Jesus was speaking to his disciples about the end of the age. And this is what he says. Now, he sat on the Mount of Olives, and the disciples came to him privately, saying, Tell us when these things will be, and what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age. And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you, 
For many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See to it that you are not frightened. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines, pestilences, earthquakes in various places. All these things are the beginning of sorrows. All these things are the beginning of birth pains. So scripture tells us that there will be a second coming of Christ and there will be an end of this age. And these are the signs to pay attention to. That there will be false Christs that come. There will be wars and rumors of wars. There are four, 40 armed conflicts going on in the world right now. 40 of them. Nations rising against nations. Kingdom against kingdoms. Famines. Pestilences. This is what COVID-19 is. It's a pestilence. There's earthquakes coming. We've got to be aware of these things. And, and Jesus said... See that you're not frightened yes, by it. Yes, yes, yes. Because the end is not yet. But all these things are the beginning of something, though. He called it the beginning of sorrows and the beginning of birth pains. And, and we do know that all these things have been happening since the beginning of the earth, right. or the beginning of the church age. I mean, we've had earthquakes, we've had pestilences, we've had wars, we've had false Christs appear. Uh, but there will come a time. What scripture tells us is there, there will come a time in one generation when all these things will begin to occur and ramp up, if you yes, will. Ramp. They'll begin to occur in more rapid succession with, with more intensity. And scripture uses this analogy of birth pains, which I think is really helpful for us to get. I mean, any woman who's ever given birth can relate. Or if you know, your husband and you've been there as your wife is giving birth. I mean, labor pains begin mildly, and often they're spaced far apart. But when true labor begins, the, it goes from 10 minutes to 5 minutes to 3 to 2, depending on how that labor is. But it, it, it increases yeah. in the timing and the intensity of the pains. And so, you know, people look at the coronavirus and being aware of the signs of the times and what Jesus says about this, people have asked the question, do you think the coronavirus is pandemic, it's a pestilence? Do you think it's the beginning of early birth pains? And I mean, everyone agrees, we're seeing some unusual things yes. happening in the earth. You know, is this the beginning of some true birth pains? And it's a good question. Or some have said, well, maybe it's just Braxton Hicks. If you know what that is, it's just false labor. <laughs> or maybe it's just morning sickness, if you will. Because, you know, I think this pandemic is as terrible as it's been mm -hmm. in, what it, in the deaths that have happened and the heartache and the chaos and just the disruption of our lives yeah. and the uncertainty that it's brought into everybody's lives. A lot of fear, a lot of panic. It's brought into people's you know, minds. If you look at the book of Revelation and see what the judgments of God are going to be when they become more fully poured out yeah. on the earth, COVID-19, the pestilence, this virus and its impact, and even though it has caused a lot of, like I say, pain and sorrow and suffering, if you will, it maybe almost in comparison can feel like it, maybe this is just morning sickness, right? I, yeah. <laughs> Because things are going to, like Pastor Mamie says, ramp up. And the question here, too, is 
when this shaking happened with COVID-19, how did your heart react? Did it shake with fear? Did you respond in faith and trust? Or did you just kind of veg out and stick your head in the sand and watch Netflix? I think the statistic was people in that, uh, watched at least three hours of Netflix yeah. every day during this time. There was more streaming, definitely, <laughs> than Netflix during this time. Yeah, where, when this hits, where did you get your information? Did you, did you, where did you get the information? Did you go to the government to find out what they had? Or did you wait for the government to give you something? Uh, or did you just scroll out on social media? Or here's the question, or did you ask God? It's so important for you and I to recognize how our heart responded. And like you're saying, in this little shaking, when you compare it to what is occurring, going to occur in the book of Revelation, uh, it reveals a lot about where you put your trust. Where did you rely on? Uh, was it faith or fear? Am I in faith? Or, these are honest questions you should ask yourself because... This is something that God wants you to look at so that you can be refined. That you can walk in His power and His love. That you can be secure in His, His, His strength that is available to you. Where is your security? You know, am I going to rely completely on what the government tells me? Am I going to wait for my handouts? These aren't pleasant things to talk about. That is for sure. Uh, but what will happen? What will happen to your heart when these things really start to shake and come with more intensity and come quicker, one right after the other, in rapid succession? It's like in birth pains, like, whoa, I didn't have enough time to recover. Mm -hmm. I remember that. I'm thinking, here comes another pain, and it's stronger. Yeah. And Jesus uses the birth pain as an analogy, I believe, to a for one thing, to awaken yes. us and to help us understand how things will happen. So when the pressure lets up, like it is now, we're going to go to the green phase. Hallelujah. Next yes. Friday. Yeah. That's going to be great. But will we just try to adapt to just some kind of new normal, mm. go on with life, and be, I'm glad that's past us. Mm -hmm. I think the bigger question that we have to ask ourselves is, what did God intend for us to learn yes. from what we just went through. And actually, we're not even finished going through it because there's all these things about the projection into the fall and, and what's going to happen. But now, whenever it feels like things are easing up, now's the time for us to build our faith Amen. and trust in God. And now's the time to build your life on the rock of God's Word and to learn what His Word says. Because, you know, all the chaos and the upheaval meant the COVID-19 virus has caused, in our opinion, yes. in our opinion, has been like an early trial run That's to right. see how does my church, God's like, so how does my church react when things start to shake in the earth? Because Jesus tells us that one day is coming when everything is going to shake. Yes. So that what cannot be shaken, which he's meaning the things that are built on the, the word of God, the everlasting word of God, that's what will remain. Amen. So one day he tells us that everything will be shaken. And it's true. Think about it, like with the coronavirus. It's caused upheaval around the world. I mean, whole countries have been quarantined. Airlines have shut down. There's been no travel. Massive sports events canceled. The Olympics canceled. Yes. Uh, universities, schools are closed. 
people, millions of people have lost jobs and, and tens of thousands of people have lost their lives. And it all happens very suddenly. And quick. And quickly. Yeah. I think about it. It's only been two and a half months and I'm, all these things I haven't even described. I mean, just a small handful right. of all the things that just changed on a dime, if you will. And I think, but there's coming a day, one day, when things will truly shake. And in comparison, yes. when I think of the, what's happened with the coronavirus and the upheaval, it does seem like it's a very mild tremor or it's a very mild birth pain that has just happened to us. Like one day the whole earth is going to shake. And where, where are you anchored is really the question. But this is how Jesus describes it. There, was, there's only, there are so many scriptures. Like I said, there's 150 chapters in the Bible that describe the end time events. This is just a portion. This is Luke chapter 21. And Jesus says this, There will be signs in the sun, moon and stars, on earth. Nations will be in anguish and perplexity at the roaring and tossing of the sea. Listen to this. People will faint from terror, apprehensive of what is coming on the world, for the heavenly bodies will be shaken. Yeah. You want to get settled on the rock of ages, Jesus Christ, so this fear doesn't overtake you. This is another scripture I want you to look at, because this is what's going to happen, and people who don't know Christ, this is what's going to happen. This is found in Revelation chapter 6. It says, Then the kings of the earth and the princes, the generals, the rich, the mighty, and everyone else, both slave and free, hid in caves and among the rocks of the mountains. They called to the mountains and the rocks, Fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of their wrath has come. And who can withstand it? Can you imagine a scene like this? <laughs> Very few people want to talk about God's judgment today. Even within the church. The pulpits are trying to avoid it. The church members don't mind. Because they want to give me something sweet and happy stuff. And tell me some stories. Happy stuff. Yeah, make us smile. <laughs> yeah. We don't want to hear about judgment. That makes God sound mean. I want you to think of it this way. It doesn't make God sound mean. It makes God sound just and righteous and good. Yeah, that's so true. And the day is coming uh, when God himself will fully judge unrighteousness and he will punish the wicked. This is why the Bible is good news, because Jesus Christ is your Savior. <laughs> He's going to punish those who have a lifestyle of sex trafficking, violence, murder, child prostitution, sexual abuse, racism. We're seeing this evil play out in Georgia, Minnesota. It's, it's, it's evil. It is evil. It is antichrist. And it should be found nowhere in the church. You know, God is going to punish those who take pleasure in, in keeping people in poverty and starvation, all for greed. And Jesus will tread down the wicked in the winepress of his wrath. He's going to bring retribution and payback and to all the ungodliness caused by sin and death. 
And that's actually good news. It is good it's news. good news for the righteous and the godly. I mean, there's something, I think, inside of every decent person that would say, yes, I want to see justice for the wrongs done, for the, for the innocent yes. people. But even against our God, I think these are all wrongs and sins that we're committing against mm -hmm. our Creator. This is why the psalmist wrote this. This is Psalm 96, verse 13. It says, let all creation rejoice before the Lord, for He comes he comes to judge the earth. Yes. He will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples in his faithfulness. And so, you know, when the seven bowls of wrath that are described in Revelation 16, when they are poured out on the inhabitants of the earth, it is, it'll bring horrific judgment yes. on the people who refuse to, to repent. There's not going to be any vaccines on that day or any cures <laughs> on that day. I mean, there won't be any stimulus checks. So I hope the government's sending a uh. stimulus check. You know, if anything, as you read Revelation, most people are familiar with this. The, the, the only option is going to be to buy and sell by way of what the Bible calls the market beast. Right. You know, which is a, going to become a global mon monetary system. And everyone will be forced to take or else, Scripture says, be martyred. Yes. And you'd rather be martyred because if you take the mark of the beast, that's not good for you. And there, there will be no way to escape right. except... Running to Jesus, Hallelujah. You know, to the Lord for mercy and taking refuge, if you will, like under His wings. My yes. God, in Your mercy, save me. Because judgment, according to Scripture, is certainly coming. Yes, you know, and to repeat, it's an act of justice from the Lord. But the question is, do you do you believe this, friend? Do you yeah. believe it? Because truly, pulpits, I think, you know, we resist preaching it. Because it could sound too much like gloom and doom. Mm -hmm. But as a consequence, the body of Christ then just becomes unfamiliar with these end time passages. And we have no faith right. in it. We just think, well, life will just go on forever. We'll get past one you know, negative thing. And we'll just look forward to everything settling in. Folks, but, these, were, these were written 2,000 years ago. But they are living words. They are prophetic words. And they certainly will come to pass. Uh, listen to what Jesus says here in Luke 21. Again, I'm going to continue this in Luke 21. He says, Assuredly, I say to you, this generation will by no means pass away till all things take place. Here's what we want to know, we'll let you know. Heaven and earth will pass away. But Jesus says, but my words will not pass away. And what is a generation? A generation in the Bible could be uh, a 40, it could be 100 years. But in this, like Pastor Mamie was saying, it's going to ramp up and it's going to play out in rapid succession. One generation. Yes. And going on to verse 34 in, in Luke 21, it says this. But take, Jesus is saying this. He said, take heed to yourselves, lest your heart be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness, cares of this life. And that day come upon you unexpectedly. For it will come as a trap on all those who dwell in the face of the whole earth. Therefore, here's, here's the title of the message. Therefore, keep awake and watch and pray that you may be counted worthy and have strength to escape all these things that will come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. It's interesting what Jesus asked us to do, to pay attention, to focus on when we see these things approaching. You know, 
He didn't say, run through the streets and evangelize everybody you see. As important as that is, because we want people to, to be saved. Uh, that's God's will, is that all people come to salvation. All people come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ and His saving power. He didn't say, go and, you know, quick, serve the poor and set up as many food lines as you can. It, it, you know, as much as we need to do that, we need to take care of the poor because that's part of the gospel itself. Uh, but please hear me, church. We need to do these things. We need to do these things. But what did Jesus but, say we should focus on? Yeah, but I think often we have done these good and necessary things you know, to the neglect oh. Of Jesus' directive yep. in this scripture. Because mm -hmm. he's saying, I want you to be awake and I want you to watch and pray as you see these things happening. And we can all pray on our own. We should. Yes. Uh, but the question is, do we? You know, I mean, let's be honest. There's think, a good question. You know, we can all do better at prayer. You know, and if we do pray, uh, how fervent and focused is it? Yeah. Because, it, and I think this is what's so helpful about having a set-apart prayer time like we do here at the church, because it trains you, it disciplines yes. you to sit still for one hour and keep your mind, it'll help keep your mind from getting distracted and help you pray the will of God yes. over your life, over the life of our nation and our world, and stick with it, yes. because it's hard, we're distractible people. You know, I stick with it for more than one minute. I said, you know, <laughs> I mean, one minute's good for starters. We all have to start somewhere, but, okay, right. you know, but, I mean, I think, look at the disciples when Jesus, That's you know, crazy. we can learn about human nature and how undisciplined we can be in our flesh when I think about the disciples. Here's, here's Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane asking them, come and pray with me. And he goes off to pray and he asks them, stay awake. And he actually, those words are used, those that watch and pray with them. That's right. So that you don't enter into temptation. He goes off to pray. He comes back and checks on them. They're all asleep. That happened three times. Mm. All asleep. And then they all fell into temptation at that moment. They all, That's true. the pressure hit. And so I, I think Jesus is telling us, you know, to watch and pray. So we have to take heed. What does that mean? Yes. What does it mean? Watch and pray. Uh, watch simply means to be spiritually awake. There's too many people that are just slumbering and don't recognize that you are a spirit. You have a soul and you live in a body. And the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. He wants to awaken you. And, you know, awaken spiritually. There's so many facets to that. We can't cover them all right now. Identity in Christ. The true identity in Christ. Who does God say you are? God's you know, plan and purpose for your absolutely. life. Absolutely. You know, and to really look at your life in light of eternity. God might be dealing with you in certain situations right now, but he's preparing you for 10,000 years from now. Let's have ears to hear. <laughs> Let's have ears to hear. Amen. <laughs> you know, because being awakened in our spirit is to recognize what's going to come on this earth. Yeah. And then one day we're all going to stand before Christ. Right. We have to, we should live our lives really in light of eternity. One day we will all, believers will all stand before uh, Christ and give an account of our life. And so what we do in the earth is important. Am yes. I awakened to this truth? You know, am I spiritually awake to what lies ahead? So like, why do we need to watch and pray? 
Another reason is so that we don't grow lazy spiritually. True. So our minds and hearts and our homes aren't broken into, if you will, and robbed, you know, by deceptive spirits, yeah. by, by wrong thinking. We fall into the traps. We fall into sin. And when we pray, we're, we're praying for future things yes. often to bring a supply of the spirit so that we can overcome in those days, especially, you know, whenever you, you, your mood is down and everything starts to snowball. Like you, maybe your body feels bad, the kids are acting up, somebody says your husband says something to you, and you're like, oh, it just really irritates me, and your flesh just keeps rising up and rising up. Mm -hmm. And we do dumb things when we let our flesh just take over. We do things that we regret yeah. when that happens, and we fall into temptations. And so when we pray, it, it will help keep us from those times of yes. temptation. You know, that's the truth. Why do we watch and pray? Why do we watch? You know why? Because, as you well know, it's easy for our the affection of our heart to be moved off center, to move off of what really matters to God and what he's doing and what he wants to do in your life and what he wants to do in my life and what he wants to do on this earth. You know that, and the number one thing is is to for people to experience the love of God, to recognize that you're in need of a Savior, and Jesus came to save you. You know, prayer will cultivate a relationship with the living Jesus, and we invite you to open your Bibles up and. Uh, open your Bibles up, not to get a checklist off, but start to feel comfortable with the Word of God and allowing that to start a conversation in your heart with Him. He wants you to experience the deep love He has for you. He wants you to be confident in His strength. He wants you to be confident in that He has your best interests. He wants to have you be someone who others can rely on when we have this rapid succession of trouble coming. He wants you to be stable and fixed on the Word of God. And moms and dads, you know, to the measure that you invest yeah. in this, in watching mm -hmm. and just staying spiritually alert, recognizing the signs of the times, praying for your family, yes. praying for your children. It's the measure of power and wisdom and protection that's going to come back into your life. But only you can decide if this is a priority for your lifestyle. We're praying that it is. That's what we've been praying in every prayer meeting. Oh God, you know, give us more willing hearts that yes. we would search after you, run after you. And, and, you know, the other thing I think about with people watching and praying, many times Christians can spend a lot of time, if you will, watching and searching. They scroll the Internet or scroll Facebook and oh, they're yeah. looking, who's the Antichrist? Is he on the scene now? And what's Q saying? And is the mark of the beast coming? And I do this, too. I mean, I enjoy digging around in those things, too. But it can be, it can be interesting. But if you don't add Jesus' directive to watch and pray, is it really fruitful? What does it actually do to just know all these things but do no praying? Oh my. So, so we want to be people that are watching. We're digging around and we're looking at all this interesting thing, stuff, but we're praying about it. What is God's will yes. in light of it? You know, 
Pastor Mamie brought because up. Because it's prayer that generates that power. Yeah. It is prayer that generates the power. And it brings a supply to the Spirit. You come, you, we come in here and pray. We might be praying for something that's going to happen five years from now. But if you don't pray, the supply of the Spirit won't intersect with you at that moment. Why not be prepared? Why not set yourself up for success? Really, because this is what God wants to have happen. You know, we want to invite you to come to our prayer meetings. Even if you're a beginner, that's okay. Like Pastor Mamie says, you got to start somewhere. Uh, and if you don't start, then you don't start. But if you do start, then you're on your way. And because it is new for all of us at some point. Yes. You might say, well, I've never done this before. No one's going to ask you to pray. The, the wonderful part about coming to a prayer meeting or even tuning in online is you're exposing your heart to how people do pray. Yes. And it begins to train you. You listen. It teaches you how to take God's word and pray it back to him to declare the promises of God over our lives. Yes. And so we do all have to start somewhere. Don't let your lack of experience hold you back or talk you out of it. That's Just right. Come. Just take the step of faith. Jesus is pleased with faith. And Amen. he'll meet you right where you're at. And God is counting on his people to, to pray for his kingdom to come. That his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He wants you and I to be salt and light of this earth. He wants you and I to watch and pray. Yes, he does. So let's just bow our heads. We're going to pray as we close this message out. Um, Jesus, I pray, I pray, Lord, that you would revive and awaken us as your church. Awaken your people, Lord. Holy Spirit, open up our spiritual eyes that we would see and recognize yes. the day and time we live in. What did you want us to learn Lord, during this time that we've been isolated with, this, with the coronavirus situation, help us, Lord, to get our priorities yes. straightened. Forgive us, Lord, mm. for our mixed-up priorities and not putting you first. Help us, Lord, to use our time wisely to be people who do learn to watch and pray and hear your voice. And, Father, I pray that we wouldn't just return to church as usual. Stir our hearts yes. up. Lord, after all the things that we've experienced, stir our hearts up to look forward to knowing you more, to learning of you, to walk closer in obedience to you. Father, we know you have good things for your people. Yes. You have strength for your people. You have protection for your people. You have peace for our hearts. God, I pray that we would be people that would be watching and praying so that we could walk in those good things. The first step to walking in these good things with the Lord is, is to actually give your life to Him. To recognize your situation, that He is your creator. You are the one who was created. And God has a warning that He says, don't put Him in a box. And don't make up your own God. He got this Bible for us so that we can know who He is. We recognize that, you know, for me, I recognize that I was a sinner. I knew I, I knew I needed a Savior, and I could not save myself. And I know that I'm talking to some people out there right now. You recognize it. You, you, who do you rely on? Well, you can't rely on the government. You can't rely on yourself. The only one you can really rely on is God himself. 
And Jesus opens the way for you to have that security, that confidence, and actually the joy even in hard times. If you're ready to give your life completely over to Jesus, I mean make him the Lord of your life. Make him the king of your life. Follow his ways and not your own. I want you to bow your head. I want you to pray this after me. Dear God, I know that I'm a sinner. And I ask for your forgiveness. I believe Jesus Christ is your son and I believe that he died for my sins and that you raised him to life. I want to trust him as my Savior and follow him as my Lord from this day forward. I'm asking you to guide my life and help me to do your will. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. If you're from the area and you said that prayer, I sure would love to see you on Sunday, June 7th. This will be an opportunity for us of like faith to be built up and celebrate one another and, of course, worship the King. So they soon come. Yes, thanks for joining us. Yes. God bless you. We love you. And again, we hope to see you soon. Yes.